Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! What is up, everybody? Ears Up Podcast. We're back here with another episode. Um, you know... Loving it. Having a good time. Having a good end of the month. We have this show and the secret show mm-hmm. to do immediately after this. And you know what What I like about this, this episode? So today is the first day of fall, officially, September oh. 22nd. Oh, happy fall. Happy fall. And I feel like our next three episodes are all fall, Halloween-y, not fall, but Halloween-type kind of spooky based and i'm very excited for them like you're counting this one or okay yeah this one and then the next two what are we doing today on the show today we are doing uh the history of extraterrestrial extra terrorestrial there you go terrorestrial Mm -hmm. oh my goodness alien encounter you know i did you don't even have to like mention what park that's in to know that's a disney ride name (laughs) <laughs> it's right. so good. I mean, terror rest. Yeah, you know, you get it, guys. You got to work a pun in there, no matter what. Oh yeah, throw people oh, off. Man, I know this is going to be later on in the show, but did either of you ride this ride? No, I no, no. Oh. In fact, oh. in fact, I've never ridden Mission to Mars. I've never ridden this, and I've never ridden Stitch. So I, the, the, all of this information was new to me, but um, I. <laughs> I am kind of bummed that I didn't ride stitches now that I've done the history of this. I wish that I had so that I yeah, understood the. We were very anti stitch. I mean, we still kind of are, but not as much. We're like, I'm not even <laughs> riding that stupid ride. And, you know, now it's like, well, we should have done because mm-hmm. we don't have that ride over here. So yeah. why wouldn't we? Right. right. But the animatronic was really awesome. And to replicate the experience, just hold up a doll of stitch and move it around and then have Jason eat a chili dog and belch in your face. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so Lovely. just a Thursday evening. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. But it's yes. one of those where I don't know. I, I, I sort of learned from that trip to not treat it like it's your favorite, you know, do your favorite thing or only do what you want to just do the things that you can't do anywhere else. Yeah. If you're a Disneyland person, you're going to Disney World. Just do the things you can't do anywhere else. Actually, just do everything. Yeah. Don't go, oh, I don't like that. Or that ride theme sounds dumb. Or that storyline doesn't sound coherent or whatever that even means anymore. Um, Just do it. Just do the ride. And at least you'll do it. At least you'll have done it. Well, and now that we're doing more Disney World um, like histories and stuff, I feel like I I would view a lot of things differently. Like I didn't know that Stitch was, the Stitch thing was like, used to be Mission to Mars, used to be this. And so had I known that, I probably would have been like, let's just do it. Yeah, for sure. But I didn't know. I was like, Stitch, what? No, yeah. fine. Well, and also <laughs> we were like way more Disneyland focused back then too. And so it's like, yeah. oh, I'm not going to, why am I going to torture myself? It's like why we didn't ride Ellen's energy experience or whatever, which yeah. I feel like she oh. would just come out and yell at us like an intern or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. You missed out on that too. Bill Nye, it, she, she actually had a, she and Bill Nye would fight with sticks. Oh, boy. oh God. They had, boy. they had sharpened sticks and they fought in the middle of the ride. These were not animatronics. <laughs> they were they were the real people. Right. Yeah, it was like a residency like in Vegas, but it was really the two real people. It was really <laughs> Ellen and Bill Nye. Right. Right. Yeah. 
but Ellen had to go abuse her staff. So mm-hmm. yeah, she couldn't do it anymore. Allegedly. No, I don't know. I think she apologized for it. Allegedly. She did it. Yeah. Allegedly apologized. Ellen, you know what? Sue me. <laughs> How about that? Take me to court, Ellen. All right. Here we go. I got to rearrange. We rearranged the studio. We I rearranged the studio uh, the past couple of days, and uh, I'm still trying to figure out where everything is. Yeah. Which I've been doing that a lot, and I think I just sort of like, I don't know, when things get too stagnant, I go like, I want to change it. I think it looks pretty good. I'm not super happy with my camera angle, but I think Taryn's camera angle is a little bit better now. I can't see her as much anymore, so I feel like... Wow. Yeah. Well, I've some- been rearranging, too. Um, yeah. Right now, I have the the half-built husk of a computer I'm building for my nieces and have been building for several months. <laughs> yeah, nice. Over there is a new processor on top of the Captain Hook Funko Pop. Um, Great. This is a cool story, Eric. I love getting a tour of your office. Here's a, uh, a hard disc. drive. Cool. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Uh, you can there find us all this very interesting tech information and more on social media, but not really because all we do is post, uh, you know, uh, shows, which I have to do. But someone posted a new show recently that I have to like, have to you know, promote uh, social is, media. Is Facebook it, isn't mine or Rob's. I don't know. It might be Rob's, but Rob, if you're listening, Robert, you have not filled the form out lately, but I have not been promoting your show. Also, if anybody wants to do social media for Ears Up Podcast, email me, Jason, because <laughs> uh, I'm really terrible at it. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok adjacent. I just posted a TikTok the other day. It was a clip from the uh, Spirit of Aloha history show that Jeremy did. And um, it was basically him just, you know, Jeremy ranting. Yeah, which is kind of the best. I'm on life support with this company. But like also that was a that was an episode a few months ago and he's still on life support. I think we kind of all are. (laughs) Yeah, well, (laughs) most of us. I'm sure Eric isn't. I mean, I watched that Disney Parks panel and I said, wow. I love concept art that was painted 12 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Me too, man. But look, they got to show you something. And they definitely didn't say anything about the people mover. By the way, I think this is our first official show back where Jeremy is a man of his word. He paid me 100 American U.S. dollars because I was correct in saying that the rumor mill, the Disney blog rumor mill was incorrect. They were never going to bring back people mover. They're never going to announce it at D23. It didn't happen. It might happen later in the future. Maybe. Sure. Sort of. Just like the sun might go out eventually. We don't know, but it wasn't going to happen at D23. Like they said, I said that's impossible. I want $100. Can I just say, I know we've, we've, I want $100. We've talked, you, oh, you won. I I won. I thought you said I want. I was like, you got it. Well, no, I mean, give give it to me. You won't let me, you won't give me access to the fund. (laughs) Uh, What are you going to say? I know we've talked D23 to death, but that particular panel just, man, I, they were really building up to something. They were really building up to something yeah. at Disneyland. Even Jason was getting a little nervous. Like I was they built nervous. It up. We're going to come back to Disneyland in a minute, but right now we're going to talk about this. Oh, yep. no, we're going to come back to Disneyland. They came back and told us the same thing they already told us 20 minutes ago. And they said we're going to have like, special merch on sale for the 100th anniversary of the company. And cool. there's a new World of Color show called World of Color 1. And in my mind, I go the number one. So you're just calling it like the first. Is it the first show? I don't understand. But no, it's World of Color, comma parenthesis or uh, quotation marks one, as in we are one. And oh, it's like that's... then why not just call it we are one or being together something, but just one. Yeah, that's... it's not a Michael Jackson album. No, come on. Josh tomorrow danced at the beginning. Okay, <laughs> handsome Josh danced, and he said. I don't want to embarrass my daughter any further. Mm -hmm. So now I'm going to talk about nothing for an hour and 47 minutes. (laughs) Well, his pants were entirely too tight. They were not. They were fine. They were they were too tight. And I think it was cutting off circulation, which is why he couldn't dance. I didn't. He didn't want to rip pant tightness. Oh, they were tight. They were. You could see definition. Calf definition. They were fine. Thigh definition. I thought that the whole. The whole ceremony was great, except ceremony. It was a panel. This is the point. The panel. The, well, yeah, okay, but it felt like a ceremony. Right. The, the The panel was fine. The panel was good. It just it, it, it really fell below expectations when it came to the announcements. Because there were especially the Disney Disneyland announcements. There wasn't yeah, any. How, how really. do you just 
not have anything planned for Tomorrowland for the next two years? Nothing. How do you have nothing to announce? Because they haven't cared about Tomorrowland in years. I know. You would think that like at some point they're going to like... They will eventually. <sighs> they have to. You have to. But the last time they touched Tomorrowland, what, 95? People hated it. They haven't done it since. Well, yeah, because that was very bad. Took that Mary Blair mural off. <sighs> Actually, some of it, oh. I think they just painted over it or stuccoed over it mostly. Maybe. That's Maybe. the rumor. That's what I hear. And some of yeah. it's still under there. Sure. Because that's what they do. It. Yeah, that's what they do. They just, it's cheaper just to throw some paint over it, some stucco over it, you know what I mean? Then uh, pull it down and save it. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. D23. It is what it is, man, as Terrence says. You know what I'm trying to say? Uh, Bev is not here once more. She's camping. She's in Forks, I guess, or she's in Washington, or she's doing something. I don't know. Camps a lot. She does. She likes camping. I don't. She's intense. That's right. <laughs> she loves drinking White Claws. And sitting outside freezing. Yeah. Hmm. I could do that in my backyard. <laughs> Choose not to. There you go. That's me. But anyway, Bev will not be here. Um, but you know who is here for you all the time, wherever you are, night or day? It's Concy Ears. If you're planning a Disney vacation or a Disney cruise or just a vacation anywhere, call up Concy Ears. But they are a Disney Parks expert. They're your Disney Park expert. They are our Disney Parks expert. If you want to plan your trip, but you don't really want to do anything, call Concierge. <laughs> they will plan everything for you. They'll do all your booking. You just give them the credit card information and the dates and, you know, maybe some details. I don't know. I guess they do a, like a, some sort of interview or whatever. Figure out what oh, you yeah. like, what you don't like. Maybe you'll see some errant charges on there from like, uh, you know, maybe if people want to buy an episode or two on Netflix or something like, but what don't worry about, about it. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 wait. I'm slandering concierge for no reason. Yeah, it was, yeah. hang, it was a funny joke. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should pull back on it. And then it turned unfunny because it's I not. thought about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't, don't they pay you? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yes, they do necessarily. Um, well, so what, what I yeah. was going to say is that even if you are a planner, like I am a planner, I want to plan my own trip. Yeah. But concierge can do the hard part for me. The parts that are kind of stressful that you don't want to do, like figure out reservations. I just I don't want to do that part, but I want to like yeah. help plan. But that's what they do. They they work with you. Well, and what yeah. you can do is also you can control how much information you want to give them. Also, where yeah. it's like, hey, just do my booking and I'll I'll do everything else. Yeah. Or, hey, we really want to eat at this whatever restaurant on Wednesday at you know, maybe for lunch if we can. Mm -hmm. And then they'll book that. But then you can, you know, plan your other stuff. So I think it's like gauges your level of involvement or you don't have to do any of it. You can just buy the tickets from them. Yeah. You don't even have to use their services, but their tickets, they, they charge you the same amount as the parks do. So you're not paying anything more, even if you do use the services. But if you don't want to, that's also fine, too. Whatever do, you want. Do you know what hooked me the first time with them? What's that? Was when a sale came available and they said, hey, we found you a better room. Also, it saved you four hundred dollars. Wow. wow. Nice. I mean, yeah. How do you say no to that? How do you go back to just being a schlub on the Internet at that point? Right. You can't. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Concierge.com. They're good people, except for Jimmy. And uh, they'll save you time. Guy. And they might even save you money. But most importantly, they'll save you time. Also, Discord, everybody. Discord's popping off. Go check out the link that is in the show notes every uh, on every show on the YouTube channel or just in the post in general. And come hang out with us, come hang out with us on Discord. You can support the show. Go to Etsy.com slash shop slash Coveyers. I still haven't figured out how to put that friggin' flag up that I keep talking about. Every time I try to generate the thumbnail for it, it just freezes. So I have to contact the company. But then that's like an extra thing I just haven't done. Mm. I just haven't done it yet. But it's not like anyone's like emailing me going, dude, what I really need is a flag. So please hurry up. I can't live without this flag. I'm going to Burning Man or something like that. I think Burning Man just ended or whatever. People were stuck in traffic from Burning Man for eight hours, eight to 12 hours trying to get out of that stupid desert. Jeez. <laughs> oh, and it's like, bro, I no, no, there's no way. Can't do it. That's not your life. No. Absolute Burning Man in general is not my life. No. Even without the dust um, or the music or the people, uh, the traffic. No, there's no, there's no way, man. Can't and do it. It's and the drugs and the the heat and the. Uh, hey, man, what are you gonna do? Right, you gotta, you know, you gotta accommodate some vices. If heat and and dust are a vice, you know, if you're a, a bug, yeah. something like that. Mm. But you can support the show. The best way is joining us on Patreon. Go to Patreon.com/slash/earsup. You can support us for as little as two bucks a month if you want. But if you want to get something other than supporting the shows for that, 
At the $5 level, you have access to The Secret Show. It's all our back catalog of cool Secret Show stuff. Plus, each show comes with a drink recipe. You have one tonight, of course, because that's just The Secret Show. And it's a lot of fun. So check us out on Patreon. Uh, I, I'm, I'm lowering the sort of like the amount of communication on Patreon. I felt like I was just posting too much. Like, here's a link. Here's the show. The show is up. We're doing a show. We're doing this thing. Because I thought that that's what that platform needed. Mm. But I dropped it back a little bit just to see if anybody ever really communicated and said, like, hey, I don't see anything. What's going on? Um, and no one really has, mm. which I think is good. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm taking that as like, OK, the amount of communication is enough, which is basically just posting a link to the secret show and then posting the secret show. And, you know, and then maybe when I change the Etsy discounts that you get at each tier. Yeah. And that's kind of that's kind of it. We are sort of, you know, communicating on a Discord, but that's just more like a general chat. That's just open 24-7. So it's a little different vibe. But if you're a Patreon supporter and, and you want a little more interaction over there, let me know. Let me know what you want to hear. This is your show. I've always said that. It's your network. If you want something, talk to me. Let me know. Hit me up. Yeah. All right. Sure. God, it's been so long. I'm like trying to remember what buttons to friggin' push. Yeah, two weeks. Oh, that one. Our right. friends at the 21st Amendment Brewery welcome the warmer weather with the release of their brand new Hoppy Pilsner. Coaster Pills. With a label that depicts a magical portal into an amusement park of flavors, Coaster Pills has a good time around every turn. Coaster Pills is wonderfully clear and bright with a beautiful straw color and tight white bubbles. It has a snappy flavor with crisp lines and wonderful citrus tropical hoppy flavors and aromas. Plus, at 5.4% ABV, it'll help you coast right through your day like only the 21st Amendment can. Coaster Pills, as well as our summertime favorite Hell or High Watermelon Wheat, are available wherever you find great craft beer. All right. Very good, everybody. All right. Mr. Eric. <gasps> what are you eating, dude? Yes, it's time for Eric is eating again. And you know what? <laughs> Eric is eating. To saunter this- up to the scale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm actually down a few pounds. I've been drinking less. Oh, nice. at a boy. Yeah. Good job, man. Congratulations. Well, yeah, I kind of have to because um I hurt I hurt my butt. Oh shoot. Yes. I, I I tore my gluteal tendon. Oh no. How? Let's just let's just get that out there for everybody. Ow. Too much fighting? You went you went down to the pub and started fighting? Uh, yeah. And I lifted up a guy. I deadlifted a, a 250 pound guy and I threw him across nice. the bar. Awesome, yeah. dude. Yeah. I lost that fight. He came oh. at me with a knife and I, I backed away. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, wow. you may have thrown him, but he tore your gluteal muscle. So right. Who's the right, real man. loser? Exactly. Um, America. <laughs> well, <And maybe. laughs> anyway, it's not a full tear. It's not the worst thing in the world, but I'm on, uh, uh yeah, it, it's been painful. I'm sorry, and, man. Uh, yeah, no, it's okay. Thank no, you. No, but really, uh, honestly, how do you tear your butt? Yeah, that sounds like a pain in the butt. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, to. well, we got a we got a puppy, and I'm pretty. I'm blaming it on the puppy. It's it's the you know like ah oh, no, don't do that. Get get away, and you know moving the puppy, and yeah. Um, so it's fun. Who knows when it'll be healed, but. Trying to drink less while I go through all of this because I was getting to a point where I'm like, man, um, it's probably not good to drink just to fall asleep. So let's just <laughs> let's just back off. Yeah. What are you, 39 yeah. again? Come on. Let's <laughs> bring that back down a little bit. And lo and behold, wow, uh, alcohol has calories, you know, no, mm-hmm. it does. absolutely. Sadly, you know what doesn't have calories and is a delightful treat for everybody to eat. It's a Dole Whip. Whoa. And now we're back into the segment. Wow. King of the segment. Wow. I had no oh, idea they were yeah. calorie free. That's wonderful news. Oh, they're uh, they're not. No, they are. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. They thank are. you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ter- Taryn confirmed they're calorie free. <laughs> Dole whips. Everybody loves Dole whips. They've become this <laughs> obsession over the last few years. If you go to Disneyland, you now have to order on mobile order. There's there's no longer a giant line in Oh, wow. Adventureland, which well, is nice. interesting. That is nice, actually. Yeah, I appreciate that. As one of those people who walked by that line going, what are they doing? Who does it? Right. So, yeah, the line's gone away. So it makes it the flow is better. Sometimes you say, I'd really like a Dole Whip. And you open up your app and you go, hmm, in two hours? Maybe oh, not. Geez. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah, okay. it happens. Huh. But anyway, this is another one of those obsessions that Disney has created over the years. It's now featured on socks, on pajamas, on clothing all over the parks. It's just one of those things that everybody has to have. Everybody needs their Dole Whip. Apparently, Disney parks sell more than 3 million Dole Whips every year. Wow. 3 million across all Disney parks. Across all Disney parks. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That is, that's incredible. Are they sold in all Disney parks? At this point? Yes. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not Hollywood Studios. I can't quite remember. Well, maybe we'll get to that. Maybe I have that in my notes. <laughs> well, I meant like, uh, like you know, Shanghai, Tokyo, Hong Kong. Oh, that's like, a good point. Yeah. Uh, no, overseas, I don't. I, I don't think so. It's. Uh, I'm, I, I think we're talking U.S. parks here. U.S. parks. That is if, incredible. If I recall, and it's not the only place that Dole Whips are sold. Dole Whips are sold at other locations. For instance, the Dole Plantation in on Oahu. Uh, but there, there are other places where you can get Dole Whips. It's just that Disney has an exclusive deal with Dole where the only place you can buy a Dole Whip trademark is at a Disney park. Everybody else is selling like pineapple soft serve. Ah, uh, interesting. Okay. This tropical dessert is vegan. It's gluten free. It's lactose free. And it is actually lower in calories. So it's not calorie free. But it, it's it, it's it's lower in calories than a lot of other treats that you can get. It's pineapple soft serve. And that's that's simple. Hmm. I know, Jason, you have famously not been a huge fan of Dole Whips. And I am also not a huge fan of Dole Whips. I yeah. do like a Dole float once in a while. Tastes like plastic. I don't like it. OK, well, yeah. there you go. Plenty of other people are buying Dole Whips. Yeah. Here's my theory on that, though. People are buying it because they think they're supposed to, because they want to take a picture of it. They think they're supposed to love Dole Whips because everybody else does. They don't. Well, if you get that sweet Insta shot mm -hmm. where it's it's melted just enough and you're holding up, it up right in front of the castle or the, the Matterhorn castle <laughs> or cross the park, get into uh, Galaxy's Edge and hold it up in front of Chewbacca. That's a mm -hmm. great that's a great one. I've never seen that. Somebody please do that. <laughs> that's, that's when you one. get that perfect shot it makes it taste better yeah i guess yes. you might get 20 likes instead of eight absolutely so when do you think the first dole whip appeared in the parks 1984 1977 wow okay you're not you're not too far off so walt disney's enchanted tiki room opened in 1963 no dole whip we did have at the time a delightful film from united airlines uh, who sponsored the attraction highlighting their routes to the Hawaiian Islands, and they, they sold pineapple things. They sold pineapple juice. Uh, this was the, the Tiki... Oh, gosh, now I'm... Uh -oh. my, yeah, the Tiki Bar. Yes, the Tiki Bar. Yes. What, what, a, what a unique name. That particular booth was created in 1968. But the cult of Dole did not begin until the 80s. Ah. Um, in 1976, United dropped its sponsorship and Dole Foods picked it up. Still, no Dole Whip soft, soft serve. The first Dole Whip was actually 1986. Oh, I was so close. Wow. I was almost going to say 86, too, but then 84 popped in my, into my you, head. You got really wow. close there. Wow. But yeah, uh, once they created that, um, that, that treat, there was no turning back. In, of course. At uh, Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. We had the Tropical Serenade, which was sponsored by Florida's citrus growers. We also had a separate area to buy soft serve called the Sunshine Tree Terrace, which was at the exit of the attraction. It was at the exit of the, uh, the Tropical Serenade, their version at the time of Walt Disney's um, Tiki Room. It sold fruit juices, but no Dole Whip. Eventually... The Veranda Juice Bar outside the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. It was renamed the Aloha Isle in 1982, and it started selling Dole Whips in 1984. I was so, right. Wow. Two years before Disneyland. So yes, uh, in Disney wow. in Disney World, you are correct, Jason. Right. Disneyland a little later. All right. Well, there you go. So there's still some debate about this. I've read multiple articles in multiple magazines and and various internet sources, but it seems like it it's pretty much settled that in 1984, Walt Disney World started selling Dole Whips first. 
two years later, they pop up in Disneyland. Wow. All right. The magic of the internet. Imagine oh, caring yes. that much to research that. Not Eric, That's but like we do I, I was going to say, wait. <laughs> no, but there's like, you know, other people out there that have researched this to the point where there's a debate. Yeah. And then the debate has been hence, you know, settled. I think that's very funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so at that time, we had one location in the Magic Kingdom that was selling Dole Whips. Yeah. Um, before Disneyland started selling it in 1985, Captain Cook's Hideaway Lounge at the Polynesian Village Resort changed. It, it used to be kind of a lounge with live music, and it changed into an ice cream shop that hmm. started selling Dole Whips. Interesting transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Live music to ice cream. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the same wheelhouse, in my opinion. Exactly. Why not? Um, now everybody just kind of calls it Captain Cook's. It's a it's a quick service restaurant there. Uh, and for many years, this was the only Disney location outside of the parks where you could buy a Dole Whip. Mm. Better yet, the machine was self-serve. Oh, wow. So what a challenge to buy a <laughs> cup and pack as much Dole Whip as oh, you Oh, yeah. Could. You're not yeah. going to get a hole in that one. No, there's no hollow center for you. Mm-mm. Not unless you no, want no, it. Oh, no. No way. Unless you're a glutton for that kind of thing. Right, right. Now, unfortunately, in 2014, that self-serve machine was removed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could see that. In the um, age it, of like TikTok and, you know, Instagram, you know how many people would just put their mouth <laughs> on that thing and just go <laughs> oh, to town gross. just for the just for the the real or the whatever. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Imagine the challenges now. It's it's like Barney in uh, in The Simpsons when he won the, the lifetime supply of Duff and he just yelled. Just hook it into my veins. <laughs> um, yes, but Captain Cook's was a 24-7 location. So, wow. God. Middle of the night, you could get a Dole Whip. Uh, but, you know, this wasn't the end. Suddenly, the proliferation of, of Dole Whips exploded around the parks. Um, in 2013, um, Epcot's International Flower and Garden Festival opened up a kiosk that sold Dole Whips. Uh, they also were the first place to add coconut or dark rum as an extra treat. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> Eventually, the refreshment port building, which is a it's a permanent kiosk uh, at the edge of World Showcase, became the, the location where you could get your your Dole Whips with a little bit of booze in there. They changed up the rums from time to time. Macadamia rum, which I've never heard of before, which would probably be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, dark rum, spiced rum, coconut rum, even creme de cacao. Imagine a mm. Dole Whip with a little, a little chocolate in there. Chocolatey. I think I could go for that. Yeah, I could yeah. see that. I mean, I would try. I would try someone else's. But I don't want a whole thing. You Maybe me, not the whole thing. You give uh, me a Dole Whip with a coconut and rum in it, and I'm going to suddenly love Dole Whips. I guarantee it. No. It's just going to be a pina colada. Well, there you go. Next thing you know, you're going to be caught in the rain. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. 2014, Disney's Animal Kingdom uh, started selling Dole Whips at the Tamu Tamu Refreshments. Similar to Epcot, they started offering rum as an addition. For some reason... Uh, the Dole sponsorship did not continue there, so they had to rename the treat Pineapple Soft Serve. <laughs> <laughs> like they sell it everywhere else. Huh. The Polynesian, in maybe apology for removing the, the giant machine of, uh, of Forever Dole Whip, opened up a new snack location in 2014 as well, just outside their main great ceremonial house. Um, now, you can't get your, you can't self-serve but uh, you can get multiple flavors at uh, the pineapple lanai, including lime, raspberry, lemon, strawberry, mango, and coconut flavors of the Dole Soft Serve, which are flavors that you don't normally, until recently, we, most people never knew really existed. There were plenty of these other flavors around, but at Disney parks, it was always just pineapple. And uh, it, that's kind of continued uh, at, uh, at Trader Sam's. You can get a spiky pineapple cocktail that blends oh. Dole Whip with rum. Okay. You can go to the, uh, oh, I don't know what the name of the coffee shop is at. Uh, Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> at uh, the Disneyland Hotel and mm-hmm. get 
even first thing in the morning, right after a run Disney race, you can get a uh, a Dole Whip with some rum tossed into it. Now that's um, a start- true vacation. <laughs> oh, that it's a it's a vacation in a glass, Taryn. You are absolutely correct. Um, and even some of the resorts are starting to uh, the resort hotels at Walt Disney World are starting to carry it, carry it as well. So we've got. Disneyland Hotel that has it. The All-Star Movies Resort now has um, uh, resumed the self-serve experience. And um, yeah, we, we keep getting some additional treats. They, they keep adding in new styles, new ways of selling this, like the Takamura Float at Aloha Isle in Walt Disney, Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom, which is a parfait of multiple flavors of Dole and syrups in a tall cup. And they, they kind of look like the Kakamura thing on like a Kakamura, yeah, yeah, and from Moana. There you go, yeah, there you go. Uh, so they they've been really Disney has been taking the original and expanding it. Even Wine Bar George, the one of the locations in Disney Springs, has a Dole Whip blended with vodka and um, various wines. That I'm not sure. <laughs> Looking huh. at Jason's face. I'm no. thinking the same way. Yeah. But no, first of all, vodka is, there's no flavor in it, especially when right. it's cold. And that's why you drink it cold. So it's just alcohol that you can sort of taste. And alcohol by itself doesn't taste very good. Hmm. So yeah. I, I don't know. It seems well, weird to me, but. And I just, wine. I just want my wine to be wine. I don't want it to be Dole Whip wine. Well, well some yeah, people might buy well, that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> But but anyway, at Walt Disney World, you can find this in most resorts, in most parks. Uh, Disneyland Resort, it's still not quite ubiquitous, but uh, Disney has been trying to expand things. They have their classics, they have their floats, but they are also expanding into some of these additional flavors. You head over to Tropical Hideaway, you can usually find some of the other flavors of Dole Soft Serve blended together in interesting ways with interesting syrups. Uh, I think the legacy of the Dole Whip is secure. This will continue to be a treat that people will enjoy. I don't know. Forever. Why not? <laughs> forever. Yeah. yeah until, great. until the sun expands and destroys our planet. That's right. The end. The end. <laughs> I think it's interesting that it's really only like gained popularity in the last 10 years, but it's been around since 84. Because you said in 2013 is really when it kind of like took off. That is when it seems like you're right. That, that's kind of when they pushed it. And they said, you know what? Let's do more than just the regular thing. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because it's it was around for so long. Well, Instagram started in 2010. And oh. I guarantee. That's it. That's uh-huh. interesting. That is, that is why. Wow. I, I would bet money on it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's why a lot of these things are super popular. Things go viral or whatever. Yeah. You know, this is a viral coffee sensation because it's on Instagram. Yeah. I mean, now it's TikTok, but Instagram is a, a big driver of what's popular. Interesting. So you've yeah. got to have a Dole Whip in front of the purple wall and oh, now you're yeah. the most popular person. I think you that's blow so the Internet crazy. up. I think that's how I think that's that's how Wreck-It Ralph start. <laughs> that's how Wreck-It Ralph three will start. That's crazy. Yeah. Good stuff. Very good, Eric. Thanks, man. You're welcome. Next a lot time. of pineapple goodness. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Going on next time. Yeah. Turkey legs. Ooh. Oh, the best. Sounds good to me. All right, Taryn, what do you got for us today, dude? Well, today we are going to be talking about extraterrestrial. Whoa, slow down, dude. I'm too encounter. scared. Too scared for this. This is an attraction at Walt Disney World. Okay. So, Disney and aliens. Not exactly a match made in heaven. Disney has dipped their toe in alien adjacent stories in the past, like with Lilo and Stitch. But you just don't think Disney when you think about aliens. And well, do you remember that Friends episode where Rachel makes a trifle for Thanksgiving, but the two pages (laughs) of the recipe get stuck together and she ends up putting beef and peas into the custard dessert? Yes. It tastes like feet. (laughs) I like it. Are you kidding? What's not to like? Custard? Good. Jam? Good. Meat? Good. <laughs> that that Taylor such a funny guy. No, that's Joey. Oh, sorry. Well, and Disney is Joey here. 
Scary aliens don't really have any business being at the happiest place on Earth, seeing as there isn't really any IP to go off of. But people like Disney, people like aliens. So why not? Let's put aliens in Disneyland. Sure, that'll work. Right. right? So on December 16th, 1994, a preview for Disney World's newest attraction, Extraterrestrial Alien Encounter, opened to guests. The attraction, which was located in Tomorrowland and replaced the previous Mission to Mars attraction, was a theater-in-the-round experience with a science fiction and dark humor storyline. Almost the whole attraction was in pitch black, so most effects were achieved through the use of sound effects. And during this preview in late 1994, then-CEO Michael Eisner felt that the attraction just wasn't scary enough. So he closed it down on January 12th, 1995 to make some additional changes. It officially reopened on June 20th, 1995, as part of Walt Disney World's new Tomorrowland reveal. Now, extraterrestrial alien encounter was an experience. It wasn't exactly a show and it wasn't exactly a ride. Sort of like Rachel's trifle. It kind of was a combination of both. It's a documentary. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There were three separate parts to the show that made up the full story. There were two pre-shows and then the actual show. So at the first pre-show, guests would enter into the Tomorrowland Interplanetary Convention Center. Wow. And here they would have the opportunity to sort of meander around the convention lobby. And on television scattered around the room, they could view a schedule of events for the convention, which included things like Mission to Mars, History or Hoax or Championship Pet Show. Because when it comes to your space pet, what goes down must not come up. And my favorite, the Walt Disney Company's Pan-Galactic Stockholders Meeting, featuring a holographic transmission from Lunar Disneyland, the happiest place off Earth. Wow. I would go to Lunar Disneyland, I'll tell you that right now. Yes. Oh, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. I mean, because you can eat all the churros you want, you wouldn't gain as much as you would on the Earth. <laughs> because you weigh less. That's true. Thank you. Uh, then guests would see a short video introducing the audience to the XS Tech Company. Now, the female alien greeter, played by Tyra Banks, <laughs> God, would let us know that XS Tech is the number one company in electro-robotics, cryo-cybernetics, techno-surveillance, planetary restructuring, genetic engineering, and hyperspatial transport. She would then introduce the company's chairman, L.C. Clench, played by Jeffrey Jones, known for playing Lydia's father in Beetlejuice mm -hmm. or Principal Rooney in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I knew it. I knew it. I was pulling the clips for you and I was like, this is the dude <laughs> yeah. from Ferris Bueller. I know it. So and known for other things that we don't want to talk about anymore. Like what? Like what? What do you do? Like adult movies or what are you talking about? Yeah. No, not adult movies. Jeremy Jones? Jeffrey Jones? Je Je don't, don't, Jeffrey. Don't. I didn't see anything weird come up. Oh. I'm, a look at, I'm, I'm looking it up. adult movies, but up. without adults. And oh, what? Okay. Yeah. What? Jeffrey's. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry to burst that bubble for anybody who doesn't Yikes. know about that one. Did not know. <laughs> that is not. That does not come up first on his Google search. I'll tell you that Well, much. that's. Good for uh, good him. for him. He's good for him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Shall we move on? Sorry <laughs> to harsh the vibe here, folks. Well, anyway. Oh yeah. Well, you know what? We'll talk about the secret show because some of the charges were dropped. Oh. oh so okay. there's That's a thing. Good. Remind me. We'll update. talk about it. Yeah. We got. Right. Yeah. Uh, breaking news. Okay. So excess Tech's company chairman Elsie Clinch goes into a little bit of detail about why XS Tech was actually on Earth. Clip number two. And for today's demonstration, thousands of skilled XS engineers have worked around the clock. We think you'll find our hard work well worth your while. After all, if something can't be done with XS, then it shouldn't be done at all. Now, I know some critics have implied that we are interested in the Earth simply for commercial reasons, for profit. But I believe we have an important obligation to help less fortunate planets upgrade their technologies. Profit is simply a byproduct we've learned to live with. So join with me now, won't you? And together we will seize the future with access. 
So after this video plays, automatic doors open and guests move into a second area where they would actually see a demonstration by XS Tech. Here they're introduced to an XS Tech robot named SIR, which is short for Simulated Intelligence Robotics. I knew it had to be an acronym. Of course it is. Why? why we love acronyms for some reason. Everybody does. It makes it easier to remember. I guess. Sir was voiced by none other than my dear, dear friend, Tim Curry. <laughs> my oh. dear friend. When was the last time you, you called wish, him in I and asked he how he was? was. My dear friend. Right. Um, before Eisner shut down the ride to make it scarier, this robot was actually called Tom 2000, short for Techno Robotic Orotical Mechanism Series <laughs> yeah. 2000. All right. Another um, acronym, though. But I'm glad they changed it. And this was actually originally voiced by Phil Hartman. I was going to say, wow, (laughs) the late great. But anyway, interesting. That's so what a what a budget. Oh, I know what a budget for this ride just in voice talent. Yes. Well, I guess Jeffrey Jones was like, I guess they were on the video, but, you know, still. Yeah, that's huge. It's pretty crazy. So, sir, was an animatronic robot who demonstrated the company's practically painless teletransportation technology using a super cute huggable, very large, mousy-looking animatronic alien named Skippy. Or Skippy. Skippy is encased in a clear plastic tube, which is supposed to, like, be glass, but it's obviously plastic, while Sir addresses the audience. Clip number... Why did you just whisper the last part? I my I'm problems with my voice. What do you want, Skippy? No, you may not get out. You are... Uh... Lucky volunteer. Now, dear friends, you're probably asking, what could the galaxy's leader in sophisticated technology possibly do for me? Well, how would you like to travel anywhere, anytime, at the touch of a button? Science fiction? No. Behold, the XS Series 1000. First in a complete line of personal and commercial teleportation systems capable of sending bright-eyed biological life forms like yourselves and even lower life forms like Skippy from one place to another instantly. In a moment, I will break down our fuzzy little friend into a mass of molecules. Send those molecules through the air above your head and reconstruct them in the tube over here as good as new. And now, witness for yourselves the wonders of XS teleportation. So, Sir then pushes the button. And Skippy's tube fills with gray smoke, so we can no longer see him. And then he reappears in a second tube, but he looks all disheveled and burned. His antennas are kinked, and his fur is matted, and his eyes are bulging. The transportation doesn't go exactly as Sir described, but he doesn't admit to that, and he tells the audience that it's perfectly fine and that Skippy isn't burnt, quote-unquote. He just has a healthy glow. Sir then explains that his favorite part of this technology is that he is able to fully reverse the transportation. So he pushes a button and the audience expects Skippy to return to his original tube. But instead, Sir lets the audience know that he can actually suspend subjects indefinitely during this process of transportation. And sadly, we don't see Skippy again. No. Yeah. Press F for respects, please, yeah. <laughs> in the chat. Thank you. Aww. Yeah. The demonstration to the audience seems to have not gone to plan, but sir, but to sir, it was a perfect success. And this begins to set the sort of sinister tone of the show. So now guests are led into a hallway where they enter into the testing chamber. Now, this is where the main show is going to take place. Guests are harnessed into seats within a circular theater chamber surrounding an enormous plastic tube. Much like the smaller one that we saw Skippy in earlier, but this one's enormous. The plastic tube is the teletransportation tube. Then on video screens, we catch a glimpse of an alien, Spinlock, played by Kevin Pollack. You'd recognize him for sure from lots of things, um, like the usual suspects. He's speaking to another alien, Dr. Femus, played by Kathy Nanjimi, none other than Jason's favorite, Mary Sanders from Hocus Pocus. Oh, no! Yes, she Someone, she doesn't do she doesn't do the crooked mouth. Thing she doesn't. Do. Yeah, she had corrective oral she surgery. Had, she has normal voice in this. <laughs> All right, bless um, her. Bless her heart. So those two are talking about how this type of transmission hasn't been done before. 
And so we're kind of we're we're getting we're watching them. They don't realize that the camera's on. It's like that kind of shtick, right? So they're talking and they're saying, well, the, this type of transmission hasn't been done before and someone will need to be the role model. And then they realize, oh, the audience is here listening. And once Spinlock notices the audience, he turns his attention to them and introduces himself and lets them know that he's speaking to you live from across the galaxy. Clip number four. They will stop automatically, so remain seated and do not interrupt their operation. I trust you were all impressed with our earlier demonstration in which a living creature was teleported a short distance in total comfort. Now the time has come for one of you to experience something much more remarkable. A journey through interstellar space via express teleportation. Dr. Fiends will now analyze your human physiology to determine which one of you is suitable for our demonstration. So that's a little hard to hear. But what they're saying is one person is going to be chosen from this audience to be teletransported to the planet and the galaxy that they are on in the video. Um, So these two aliens then begin the body scanning process to determine which person in the audience is going to be transported to that planet for the demonstration. Now, Chairman Clinch then interrupts the body scan process to announce that he has actually recalculated and has determined that rather than transporting a single person to their planet, he's instead going to transport himself to planet Earth so that he can meet and greet the entire audience. Makes sense. Now, Dr. Of course. Yeah, I mean, it kind of does. Dr. Femus tries to insert her trepidation about this new plan, but to no avail. Chairman Clench has his mind made up. Now, Clench's impatience And sudden change of plans causes the transportation signal to be accidentally diverted through an unknown planet. Oh, my goodness. I know. And as a result, an enormous winged and carnivorous alien is transported into the tube by mistake. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What's his name? Captain Clinch? Uh, Yeah. Chairman Clinch. Chairman Clinch. Eric, does that make you uncomfortable when we're talking about (laughs) clenching? Because you can't really do that. Um, You're right. I can't. I can't clench very well right now. Okay. But, well, but just that, we want to be aware and sensitive to so to your disability. So anytime I, I if Taryn makes you uncomfortable, that. let her know and yes, we'll cut her do. off. But thinking about this alien makes me happy because man, I love this ride. <laughs> <laughs> the guests then hear Dr. Femus and Spinlock's panicked voices as they try to figure out what went wrong and what to do. You hear snarling from the giant alien and then you hear glass break. Uh-oh. Yeah. That's so never good. The creature has now escaped and flashes of lights reveal the shattered and empty transportation tube. Now, before you go on, do you have it? You felt the glass break? I, I have a lot of that later of, oh, of okay. how they kind okay. of get this across. Okay, yeah. good. Good. I love it. The power then goes out completely, leaving the audience in total darkness, sitting there helplessly restrained in their seats. Now, luckily, we hear a maintenance worker come in to help, which is lovely. And he reassures us that he's going to have everything up and running in a flash. Unfortunately, as the maintenance worker tries to help us, he is fatally mauled. Jeez. The alien shrieks and a spray of liquid flies out into the audience, hitting the guests faces. (laughs) Now, the fluid, which, of course, is water, could have been the... (laughs) It could have been the saliva (laughs) of of the escaped alien creature, or some say it might be the blood of the mauled staff member. Who knows? That's up to the audience to decide. Now, after the spray, the guests feel their seats rumble and shake as the alien appears to make its way through the crowd, breathing on the necks of the guests as he roams. With assistance from the two XS Tech technicians, the ravenous alien is ultimately driven back into the broken teletransportation device and destroyed. Guests are then released from their seats while the two technicians resume their search for the misplaced Chairman Clench. So that's the attraction. It was pretty wild and had more of, I mean, to me, kind of a universal feel to it than a Disney World one. So how did we get here? The answer is Eisner. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) But Eisner wanted an alien attraction. Um, The first plan for this attraction uh, based on on the alien franchise And it was going to be a shooter dark ride where Wayland Utani Corporation would send guests in to take on the xenomorphs. Now, this idea was scrapped for a couple of reasons. One, 
They thought it was going to be too frightening for a Disney attraction. And two, the Alien movies were rated R. And Disney had kind of this unspoken rule to only have attractions based on either G or PG movies. Now, side note, the Alien franchise ended up making its way into the great movie ride at Disney's Hollywood Adventure. Boo! Exactly. Rest in pieces. Yeah. And the concept um, for the shooter ride eventually became Buzz Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin. So it wasn't a total loss. And the eventual concept was still loosely based on the overall atmosphere of the Alien franchise, but without being labeled as such. Now, originally, the new Alien Encounter theater show concept was proposed for Disneyland as part of Eisner's project, quote unquote, Tomorrowland 2055. (laughs) Good. Great. It would have taken over the Mission to Mars attraction in Tomorrowland, but when Tomorrowland 2055 was drastically scaled back, they ended up, which again, Tomorrowland literally never gets love. Ever. No. Uh, You know why I think it is? I think it's Autopia. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that friggin' Carousel of Progress building mm. because they don't know what to do with either. Yeah. I feel like that's it. So Autopia has enough draw and eats enough people where they're never going to really get rid of it. Mm. Yeah, because um, why? Right. And I think the Carousel of Progress building, it's too complex to demolish. So they, that's why they try to fill it with stuff. Yeah. And uh, that's where the meet and greets are. That's where all the models are and like whatever. But I don't think they really properly know what to do with it. And, uh, you know, eventually the building's going to have to go. But it's going to cause such an uproar because it's so historical for for Disney fans. I think I think they're just stuck. So I think Tomorrowland, which never got love, it was literally an afterthought by Walt. Um, you know, it was planned out just because he had a TV show. He had to get something on the air. Yeah. So it just it never got it never got in sort of love. And I'm very upset about it for some reason. I can't figure it out. Yeah. So thank you. Tomorrowland 2055 was drastically scaled back and they ended up just turning that space into Red Rockets Pizza Port instead. And they moved this concept to Walt Disney World. Now, in the early 1990s, as this concept was being ironed out, George Lucas came on board to help develop the story. Now, it was his idea for XS Tech to open their labs to the public to demonstrate their new technology. In his version, during the pre-show, guests would walk through labs um, behind glass where excess tech scientists in lab coats and masks would be hard at work, recycling many of the animatronic figures from Mission to Mars. A teleportation demonstration that guests were coming to see was actually a trap, with excess tech wanting human guinea pigs to test the destructive capabilities of an alien creature that they had captured. Oh, sounds like something Lucas would do. Mm -hmm. Pitch something that sounds cool and then make it a trap. (laughs) <laughs> and make it something not, nobody wants to see or pay money for. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Sounds about right. Then, however, after terrifying the guests for a few minutes, the alien reveals that it is intelligent and actually only wants to go home. Same. Ex- honestly. Ex- yeah. Excess tech would then attempt to destroy the testing facility to leave no evidence or survivors. The alien would, would then actually help the audience and release them from their restraints, allowing them to escape while the alien turned its attention to the captors to seek revenge. And as guests left the show, the sound of the aliens attacking the scientists would be heard in the hallway. Now, this very, very dark version obviously went through some edits and was eventually toned down for a more kind of dark comedy approach. And as I mentioned previously, most of this show takes place in total darkness. Now, think about that for a second, like complete darkness. You can't see anything. Like, darker than Space Mountain. Than that one room in Indiana Jones? Yeah. Like, 30 seconds, you just, there's nothing here. Yeah. I know I'm surrounded by black plywood, but come on. Yeah. But you've got this thing, you're sitting in a chair, and you've got this harness, this thing pushing down. When you sit down, it lowers until it pushes on you, and then it backs off just slightly. So you have this thing touching your shoulders. Mm -hmm. You cannot move. You can't move. And it's pitch black. (laughs) Very weird. The attraction's effectiveness relied on the guests' non-visual senses. Uh, Most of the effects came from individual units mounted on the shoulders, just like Eric was just talking about, um, on those restraints behind the audience members' heads. This is because Mm. the most used effect in this attraction came from binaural cues from the speakers on each side of the guests' ears. I'm sorry, by what now? Clip number five. Binaural sound or 3D audio is a specific way of capturing or rendering audio that can deliver immersive sound. 
it uses the shape and mass of a human head to recreate an authentic oral experience. The main difference between binaural and the normal kind of stereo recording would be that a normal stereo pickup pattern doesn't include the human head. In binaural, we have interaural time difference and interaural level difference, which are a consequence of the head-related transfer function, which basically means that if a sound happens to my right, I will hear it first in my right ear, but it will also wrap around my head to hit my left ear. Now, all this information, including the mass of my head, my shoulders, even my beard, will affect how I localize that sound. It's a much more accurate and much more immersive 3D picture. The late 1800s was when binaural first appeared. You could hear a recording of a theatre performance that was recorded using a microphone array. People would put two speakers next to their ears and listen back, and it would be like they're in the theatre. But binaural was put on the back burner a little bit while stereo itself was being. So the speakers, which were mounted into the restraints, were going were playing these effects. So you might hear it in your right ear. But then it would eventually make its way to your left ear. Like, that's what he's saying in the video. Okay. And so that's the that's what they used is this binaural cue, right? Using uh, the mass and shape of my head. Yeah. Using like your head is actually helping to change the sound to make know. it specific for you. I don't like it. Weird. Uh, so they would uh, these speakers that were mounted into the restraints would play effects using folly, uh, creating unique effects like positional audio from the monster or the alien. And created general atmospheric atmospherics to keep the audience tense, including the murmuring and screams of other audience members, pink noise and heartbeats. Pink noise? Yep. Okay. <laughs> and sarcastic comments like <laughs> when the alien first appears, you hear a guy in the background go, It looks like my mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the dark comedy part. Uh, the theater's circular design allowed these positional audio effects to be particularly effective as it made each guest feel as though this were only happening to them individually and not to them as a group. And this helped kind of add to that fear. Using the binaural sound effect and moving shoulder restraints made it feel like the alien was moving through the chamber above the audience. For instance, if the alien was meant to be traveling on the far side of the room, several 1800 watt subwoofers repurposed from Mission to Mars, along with transducers, which are base shakers mounted in the seats, made pounding vibrations meant to stimulate or simulate the footsteps of the alien. Meanwhile, warm, moistened air was used to simulate the alien breathing down your neck. Dude, this sounds <laughs> despicable and gross and disgusting, and I want—I wish I would have gone on it. It was so Same. amazing. I wish I would have gone on it. This warm, moistened air would be used both gently and forcefully at different points <laughs> yeah. to induce different reactions from the audience. Oh, yeah. There were also sprinklers and air blasters uh, that were mounted in the front row that were used to simulate the alien saliva and maintenance workers' blood. Now, wow. near, near the end of the show, when the alien is pushed back into the tube to be destroyed, the shield doesn't quite close all the way. So the audience <laughs> feels the alien explode and feels <laughs> alien pieces flying everywhere. Now, this effect was created by using soft textile tubes mounted to the headrests. Now, imagine like very tiny versions of those like used car dancing air guys. Yeah, wacky and full of our man. Yeah, yeah, like teeny tiny versions behind you that you don't know are there. And then they fill with air at the time of the explosion, causing them to slap against the back of the guest's head. Oh, that sounds cool. <laughs> this is the coolest ride ever at Disney, any Disney resort. Ever. Yeah. So this, along with the hot air blower and smell transmitters, suggesting the alien's tongue was licking the audience member's head, were the most direct physical effects used. See, and now we have, what, screens and trackless rides. Yeah. Great. I love it. I know. Uh, the animatronics used for Sir and Skippy were both repurposed from Mission to Mars. And there actually are f a few Easter egg references to extraterrestrial extraterrestrial alien encounters at Disney quest at the Walt Disney world resort. There's a game called invasion, which features some of excess tech mythology and in a stage show at Tomorrowland called stitches, supersonic celebration, which literally ran for less than two months in 2009. <laughs> yeah. I wonder uh, why <laughs> they referenced excess technology and sir. And remember those old videos, like the really, really old ones in while you're waiting for space mountain. 
the SMTV videos with like they had like QVC looking ads and like newsreels. Yeah, sure, man. Um, Well, these videos at both Walt Disney World and Disneyland mentioned excess tech as well. And finally, an invoice from excess tech appears on. I'm going to say this wrong. Tiven, Tyven's desk in Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Wow. This is like the um, C. Yeah. Whatever the C. I want to say C org. But you know what I mean? It's like that sort of mythology Mm -hmm. built in over years that no one really has cared about. Yeah, (laughs) But they still do it. Yeah. I love that. In the entrance to extraterrestrial alien encounter, there was a warning that alerted guests that this was an intense experience and not intended for children under the age of 12. Unfortunately, this and other warnings weren't enough to stop angry parents from being shocked and appalled by the attraction's dark tone. Now, considering the theming and vibe of these attraction of this attraction, it stayed open for what I think is a surprisingly long eight years until it officially closed on October 12th, 2003 and reopened as Stitch's Great Escape on November 16th, 2004, using much of the same technology and set pieces. Now, Skippy, our lovable alien, had a comic, a comedic cameo in the new attraction, and the Sir animatronic was repurposed as Sergeant 90210, the attraction's host. So, like many other long-gone attractions, Extraterrestrial Alien Encounter has developed a sort of cult following among Disney fans as they praised it for its sophisticated tone in contrast to the other Tomorrowland attractions. Sophisticated tone yeah, of destroying aliens. I love sophisticated yeah, tones. Yeah, hit by alien <laughs> goo or whatever. God, man. Oh, man. Well, Disney anyway, fans are weird. They are, and I don't really have a, a solid conclusion. That is the uh, history of extraterrestrial Very alien good, encounter. Very okay, good. Can, can I tell, do we, do we have time for me to tell the story of the first time I went on this ride? We do not. We're going to take a quick break. Oh, when we come okay. back, Eric, you tell us the story and then right. uh, we'll wrap it up and we'll get out of here and get ready for the secret show. So hang on, everybody. It's ears up. We'll be right back. Back to ears up where the opinions never stop ever. All right. Thanks for hanging on, everybody. Eric, what is your story, my friend? Yeah. Fill us in all on the deets. Right. Give us the deets. Uh, all right. The year was 1990-something. Uh, we we were at... I was there without parents. Um, it, was a, nice. it was a school trip. It was a uh, choir trip. It was the choir trip. That's right. Because I went two years in a row, once with choir, once with our, our marching band. Um, or our concert band, not our marching band. Anyway. We were there in the evening and we were supposed to meet up with the rest of the group at a certain time. Cause you know, that's how these things go. You're like, okay, everybody's got to hear yeah. get here at these certain points. And uh, we want to make sure none of you like get murdered or whatever. <laughs> and we had seen this, this ride and we, we just couldn't wait to get on it. And we're looking at the ride. Okay, well, the time we should make it in time because it was the end of the night and we were supposed to meet up and watch the fireworks at the castle. And we had a big area staked out. But my friends, Vince, Chrissy and I said, let's do it. We have enough time to do this. We did not. Mm. Um, oh, the the line, the, the line was correct. But this was such a long experience. Once you got in, you saw the Tyra Banks video introducing things. You saw Sir torturing. (laughs) Poor um, little Skippy. Poor little Skippy. And then you get into the attraction and it was just amazing to be in a, a room that was pitch black, to have this thing pushing down and to know you could hear the screams around the room happening at different intervals. Because it's supposed to be this thing's jumping around and landing on top of people. And it's not all happening at the same time. It's not everyone in the room gets the thing stepping on them. It's happening around the room. And you hear the the binaural sound. You hear the joke. Looks like my mother-in-law. You hear, oh, I think I have someone's brains in my lap. (laughs) God. Like, you hear this. You see this light overhead, this spotlight where you hear these technicians. They're like, hey, don't worry. We'll figure it out. And they've got this light that's shining around the room. Hmm. And that's when you see the video pop back up and you see the alien attack in infrared. And that's when the light goes out and you feel the spray of blood everywhere. 
it was amazing. It was exactly the right time for, for us. I was telling Taryn on the break, we were exactly the demographic for this. <laughs> there were children who were screaming, just <laughs> screaming through the entire thing. Good. And they should, honestly. <laughs> Kids need to be more terrified of stuff, <laughs> honestly. Oh, and we were so we were so excited and we got out and we realized we were super late. We got there in time for the fireworks, but we were late for the check-in. So we actually got in trouble because we missed the check-in, which meant that we had to spend the three of us had to spend the next day at Epcot with our choir teacher and his wife, which ended up being also an awesome experience <laughs> because they were cool people. Mm. And, oh, no, we had to hang out with the cool teachers all day. <laughs> oh. well, there you go. Yeah. The story is Eric got in yeah. trouble one time. Yeah, I got in trouble one time. Yeah, that's and a good story, um, man. this ride was amazing and I loved it. So Sounds much. like it. Oh, man. Nice. Sounds like it was cool, man. All right. We are going to get out of here. We're going to get ready for the secret show. So if you want to join us for that, if you're uh, listening live right now, the link is already in Patreon. So go ahead and grab that. And uh, once we cut the feed here, we're going to just jump to the secret show feed. Let everybody trickle in, maybe play little tunes for a little bit while uh, Taryn makes me a drink. It's your drink. Yeah, I know. I'll make it. I don't really care. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. I really appreciate it. Our next show is going to be sometime in October, and it's the, uh, the I guess, revised history of the Haunted Mansion ride. It's a bunch of stuff I found out. Extra. Yeah, it's a bunch of stuff I found out uh, about uh, how that ride was really developed and what it was supposed to be like. And I know I've done that before, the the boat ride episode like the early that history. we did. Yeah, but it's like beyond that. So um, anyway, that'll be a good time. So uh, check us out there. And then Jeremy and I should be online doing a uh, an in-depth next week sometime when he's back from England. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot uh, for tuning in. And until uh, next time, see you later.